0: One thing that I've learned in my 20s is that navigating your path can be confusing. In my experience, trying to do it alone is absolutely miserable. That's why I'm teaming up with Quarter Life Center to bring all young adult listeners a free 15-minute coaching session. Support is everything, and coaching has helped me so much. If you're feeling confused, use this opportunity to see if coaching is right for you. Go to quarterlifecenter.com and use promo code YOUNGADULT2022 when you sign up. Young adulthood is confusing. Navigating the beginning of your career, exploring relationships, and trying to find a balance isn't easy. I'm Allie Dietz, and you're listening to Young Adult Path to Progress. My mission is to help young adults feel a little bit less alone a little bit less confused, and hopefully inspired by the conversations they hear on this podcast. Welcome to my path. I hope I can help you find peace in yours. Welcome back to another episode of Young Adult Path to Progress. I'm Allie Dietz, and I am really excited today. I'm back here with another Elon alumni. I'm here with Rachel Turner, who is an actress in Los Angeles. She just had her second film, feature film come out on Lifetime almost now, what, two, three weeks ago?
1: Yeah, I think we just hit the two-week mark from the second one.
0: Deadly Dance Competition. If you guys are looking for something to watch, it is on lifetime.com, and I'm sure that they have it. Playing
1: on Lifetime pretty frequently somewhere. Someone's mom screen recorded something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So Rachel and I have been talking for the last like hour about her career path since she got out of Elon, came to L.A. I want to start out by talking about how you've made it as an actor in L.A. for the last however many years you've been here, three years. Almost three. Yeah. The word that you're using is side hustle, which is a very positive word on what you're doing to keep yourself floating. So can you talk to me about, first of all, how you got out here and then how you've kept yourself going so that you can focus on your art, focus on your craft?
1: When I graduated at that time, I went to Elon. I got my BFA for acting. Like I said, I did it in three years instead of the slated four. At that point in my life, in my career, I guess you could call it, I had already been working commercially. I did my first commercial when I was 11 and then didn't work for a really long time because they were like, you're cute, but you're short. And we do mostly print and no one wants short people. But then I went to school, did my BFA. And then in the midst of that, started working with a furniture company, shooting furniture commercials like my senior year, which was like the most wild thing to happen. That October, I started working with them. And so by the time I had graduated, I had been waiting tables in college and I'd also saved money from doing those commercials and stuff. So, I kind of created a little pocket that I was like, if I move to LA with this amount of money in my bank account, like I'm going to be fine. I could pay my first month's, last month's rent and also like have money before I like have to find a job so I can like really like audition, you know, even when I get there, they're going to like, oh my God, it's you. Like we want you on our show. So I went home and I was like, I'm only going to give myself a month at home with my parents because I didn't want to get comfortable because Mm -hmm. I knew and I'd seen before with a lot of people that they moved home and, my rent is free and my mom fills my fridge with food. And that's really nice. And my hometown friends. And I kind of had a strong feeling because the longer I sit back for something, the more scared I get. And so I was like, okay, I'm only going to have a month. I'm going to go home and work, save money and move. So we get to June of 2019. I moved out to LA with um, my roommate at the time, Lauren Brunson, who we both graduated the BFA together. And then she had right out of college gotten a job at Sony and casting. And so she was like an assistant to somebody and stuff. So she'd actually been out for a couple of weeks. I flew out. We moved into our little Airbnb. We shared one bed and like, it was like a room in this woman's house. It was the nicest woman, but she like knocked the door and be like, do you need a water bottle? And I was like, Hello. <laughs> And I, I moved that week. I started hunting for work and I started pa for different alumni and stuff and going on set and being a production assistant for like a day rate. Right? And I was like, okay, cool. That's money we found an apartment neither of us had cars at the time and so we drove a u-haul around for like hours We're like oh great we have a car well i would like take our stuff and then also go to the store and get things and come back not knowing that they charge you a ridiculous amount per mile on top of the gas you have to put in the thing. so it was like a 300 dollar u-haul mm-hmm. and then since then it was like end of the first month i secured a commercial agent with bbr who i'm obsessed with they've been the best support system And I'd gotten my first job in LA, other than being a PA, but at this boutique salon in Venice that does nails, lashes, facials, and waxing. So at that time, they had hired me to be a receptionist on the weekends. And I was like, great, Saturday, Sunday is exactly what I want. And one of my owners was like, yeah, I'm an actor too. I get it. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I'd never even looked her up because I was like, everyone in LA says they're an actor. You go to a bar and they're like, I'm an actor. (laughs) like, Cool. And so then I worked there, and then it moved from being two days a week to three days a week to four days a week to managing to COVID and all that stuff. I did that, and now it's two and a half years later. I've done some cool commercials that I got, and then we had COVID, and then I shot two movies in a pandemic, which was wild and like a very— very cool blessing to do. Um, I'd never taken on something that big before. And then now almost a year later, both movies have come out in the same month, which was insane and very fun and very embarrassing too. It's like watching, I've seen like commercials with my boyfriend or my family around me, but like watching a movie and being like, wow, I've never seen this before. I have no idea what this looks like. Let's all watch it together for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's like a very vulnerable experience. But yeah, now I've, quit that steady side hustle that I had for two and a half years that gave me this ability to pay my rent and make sure that my bills were paid no matter what so I could pursue acting. So like having that side hustle gave me room to search for what I was doing and auditioning and writing with people and doing whatever. And now I've made the choice to step away from that and get uncomfortable and maybe serve, maybe collab at a production company or something, or I don't know, but figure it out while I keep hustling.
0: Yeah. Go out and be able to focus on your craft a little bit more. Yeah. One of the things that I really like about, you know, the conversation we were having before we started recording Mm -hmm. and the way that you were speaking about your side hustle is how positive you are about it. It's Mm -hmm. something that you said, even your first date with your boyfriend, he didn't feel comfortable at the time talking about
1: working as a server, as a creative you, you see in TV and movies, like actors that they're a waiter and you're like, oh, I'm a waiter. And they're like, yeah, but what do you really want to do? Like we assume waiters, that can't be their job, right? So then mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so maybe as an actor, like I'm supposed to wait tables while I'm doing things. But there is like a weird thing that happens when you're a creative in the industry that you've had some wins no matter what that win looks like, if that win is you putting content on YouTube and have the X amount of subscribers or viewers watching, like that is a total win. Like we get to decide what our wins are. Mm-hmm. Something you, I think realize as a creative is it's, it doesn't have to be the standard of someone else's. It's okay. That is a milestone I wanted to hit. And now I've hit that. And that's huge. But as a creative, you like, oh, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm in music. I'm in whatever. And And you associate the meaning of success. And as you hit a win, oh, everyone just assumes. Like I did a a commercial for furniture and people are like, oh, you must be making insane money. I'm like, that's so funny because I could only pay like one to two months rent off of one check from them. Like even I've now done over 25 commercials with them and I can't live off of that. Like money, it's an expensive world we live in, especially in Los Angeles. Yeah, But like you assume oh, I've had a win. So now I'm set for life. But as a creative, that's not always how it is. Like Sometimes you are month to month. Sometimes you are figuring things out before you go to the next project. Sometimes I'll book and then I won't book for like four or five months, maybe even longer because we're in a pandemic and a weird time. And that part of my career booking is out of my control. So it's like having a a side hustle and making room of like, yeah, the hard fact is I'm not at the place in my career where I'm making enough money for my creative projects to pay my rent or go out with my friends. And most, most artists aren't.
0: No, but for some reason, there's just this stigma around speaking about the truth, like the truth about where you're at, that it's hard for people to swallow their pride and like admit what they're doing. I think because our society for so long, like, The term that's coming to my mind is the struggling artist, which doesn't have a positive. It's a very negative connotation to to say someone's a struggling artist. And when we were speaking about it and you were calling it a side hustle, like that takes a spin on it that is so positive and so honest about what you are doing Mm -hmm. and you're owning what your path has been. You're owning your story. You're owning that narrative. And you're also writing what that narrative is instead of letting society define what it is honestly, Rachel and I reconnected on Instagram probably yeah. a year and a half, two years ago, because okay. right after I got certified in life coaching, Rachel wanted to get certified. And we that's really how we connected again.
1: Yeah, I saw that you had done it. And I've been listening to the podcast. And I remember when you boasted about it, you had your beautiful balloons out like on a porch and I was like, this is so cool. And then you posted about going and doing the life coaching seminar. And then I guess this last January, I was like, I really wanted to be doing something. And I always, I guess, as a person that was so interesting to me and being there, giving people that space. Um, And so I reached out to you about it. And then I did the seminar and I was like, this is life changing because it does really, you learn so much about empathy for other people, but also Mm -hmm. empowering yourself by empowering other people. Mm -hmm. And then now here we are like, of a year-ish later.
0: I I feel like since we've reconnected and just keeping up with you on Instagram, one of the things that stands out to me about you the most is how real you are. I remember one time I was doing an Instagram story about my podcast. I was asking a question for people to send in tips, ideas for an episode, a topic. And I used a filter on my face. Mm -hmm. And Ryan said to me, he was like, you need to be more like Rachel Turner. You need to be more authentic when you're doing these types of things, because the whole point of the podcast is like being raw, being real, getting deep and being authentic to who you are. And that's something that you have always showcased publicly. And not a lot of people do that. I want to talk about the confidence that gets you there. How did you get to a space where you feel
1: confident like that? So I'm one of eight kids, right? The third oldest first girl, but I never had a big sister ever. Mm. And I've had people that have floated in and out of my life that I felt like they were a big sister. But at the same time, like as a woman, I didn't have other than my mom. And my mom is a wonderful woman, but we are completely different yeah, Um, in so many great ways because it challenges me. But I am definitely more like I. I love like watching videos about skincare or makeup or how to do my hair with a Dyson airwrap, which I will one day own. Yes. I have had the knockoff version and it got me like four months. I have uh, made
0: that my goal within the last week too. I was on yeah. TikTok to like two o'clock in the morning watching those videos the other
1: night. Uh, yeah, I've like started my little cash jar that I'm setting aside for it. But no, I honestly it was a couple years ago when I was in college still, the summer before my senior year. I kind of realized I didn't like how I looked without makeup on. And then I kind of had a moment that I was like, that's kind of screwed up. This is the face that I live with every single day. And when I don't have makeup on, I don't like it. Like, that's not great. That's not cool. That's Mm -hmm. not anything like that. And I kind of gotten to the point that I, in loving makeup and stuff, which is great. I still love makeup. I had gotten so used to seeing myself from a perspective that wasn't fully me. And I was like, that's not really fair. So when I went that summer to do a professional theater job in Kentucky, I was like, I'm going to go there with no makeup on. So that's the standard that people know me by. They know me as someone who is barefaced all the time. Like I've never met this group of like 30 people so that I'm setting a new standard for myself. And it was very uncomfortable, but I kind of started working within that. I was like, okay, it's okay. Like no one thinks there's anything wrong. They don't think I'm sick because I'm not wearing makeup or like anything like that. And then um, I floated in and out of that, but then coming out of college in the last couple of years, I've started having more acne than I've ever had, like hormonal acne, cystic acne, like terrible, terrible stuff. And honestly, I don't have the worst of it. There are people that have it far more difficult than I do. And skin is a very difficult conversation in a lot of ways because there's so much out of our control. And it's constantly learning about like your body, your hormones, like your diet, but also stress is a huge factor for me. And like so many things within that. But I looked on my Instagram and for a while, I was following all these like beautiful women, beautiful accounts, like fitness accounts and this and that. And that is so great to consume. But at the same time, you have to remember that. That is not everyone's day to day, like social media. And a lot of times people are posting the best part of themselves because Mm -hmm. that's what they want to show. That's what they want to showcase. They want to share. I look so good. This is my highlight reel. Yeah. And that's, that is a good thing. Like all of our photo albums, our parents have, sometimes it is like the kid with lipstick all over their face, the first time they did it, but other times it's graduation. And that person got up and they spent three hours getting ready for their high school graduation because they're only going to have one. And that's what a lot of social media is used for. And I was just like looking at my social media and I was like, why do I feel so embarrassed that I have acne and I feel like I need to hide it and things like that. And somehow I got back to the, I wish I had a big sister that I could be like, wow, this is really hard for me. And I don't, I don't know what to do, but I know that covering it in makeup every day is not going to make it any better, mm-hmm. but I don't see people like me doing things like that. And so then I kind of realized that my perception of seeing myself in a filter, I was like, well, that's not great either. Like it's the same makeup issue I had years ago. So then I was like, well, if there's no one for me to talk to about it, like maybe I can be someone for people to talk to about it. And um, in my bio, I love superheroes, but in my bio, it says you're friendly neighborhood big sister. And that's because now years into trying to be an open space for other people to talk to about things like I, I always love. And that's why I love our conversations is that we very much are candidly talking about things and it's an open space and there's never wrong or right. It's just sharing. And that's the best part of what I believe community should be. And I always want to create a community and give someone else space to say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what it looks like. And I don't really know what's happening, but I just need to, like, tell someone about it. And it's like, OK, like, you can tell me because that's what I always want to create for my siblings and be that because I never had that. So I think it's very important. You know, I tried to
0: give up social media to some extent this year just because it's yeah. it's become a very... Nasty habit of mine, just mm-hmm. me scrolling mindlessly. But in my time, you know, removing myself from social media, I've just recognized the power in social media mm-hmm. and the beauty that is there when you're using it in the right way. Our connection would never have been built if it weren't for Literally, being connected Instagram. on social media. And honestly, if it weren't for both of us being open and raw on social media mm-hmm. about the space that we're in, what we're doing. You posting every morning, having your little, you know, oh your little talks with it with Instagram and then me responding. And there really is such a a space for it in social media. And I mean, I encourage everyone who is listening to fill your feed with people like Rachel who mm-hmm. are authentic on social media, because it doesn't have to be this place of constantly comparing yourself and feeling down yeah. about where you're at because there are so many people on on social media who are using it in a healthy way
1: they say you are the five people you surround yourself with and in college I heard someone said that to me and I was like okay so I looked at my friend group whenever, and I was like I I'm gonna stretch it I think you are the five people you surround yourself with but also the five things and my senior year I went through a phase of being really sad I was like kind of going through things transitioning and changing and relationships ending and moving into myself and things like that. And I was like, okay, I'm sad. I'm only going to watch comedic television because if I watch sad TV, I'm just going to be more sad because I'm already feeling that way. But in a way of like helping myself, I was like, okay. And I watched all of New Girl <laughs> from start to finish so my senior year. So good. I mean, such a great show. A big reason why I'm an actor is is ensemble television like that. I just think it's so cool. But I I've kind of stuck with that since then. And we all go through our phases because we're people and we're humans and you have down days, you have down months, you have down years. That is a big part. And I, th- I really believe embracing that as a person is the most important thing you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is like social media falls into that. Like if you are constantly on social media, whether that's Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, formerly Musically and Vine, like whatever you are on, making sure that you are giving yourself the good of of what you want to be and what you want to grow to and things that you admire in other people, that stuff bleeds into you whether you like it mm-hmm. or not. It just filters straight through your body. I say it's the power of osmosis, which I never did science, but I believe everything is somehow osmosis, that it's always filtering in and out coming through you, whether that's energy you receive from other people and give back or things that you're consuming flowing in and out. But it's so important to like surround yourself by what I call like the good good on social Mm -hmm. media is like what are the people that that you're like oh that's that's cool I want to be more like that so you follow them and you cheer them on and you're like okay if you're doing that like maybe I can do what I want to be doing because you do it every day Mm -hmm. I think that's what social media is supposed to be maybe
0: it definitely I think that it got away from that for a while and I think that it's hopefully at least I'm recognizing it in myself and in the conversations that I have with other people that it's getting back to that space of being real and authentic. Like that's what people want to see. Yeah. I think when Instagram came out in high school, Lord <laughs> knows I did not know how to use it. Oh my God. But it, but it's you look at 14 price. year olds now and like what they look like compared to what we looked like when we were 14. It's, yeah. it's insane. Instagram has really defined what our society looks like with TikTok coming out and people just recognizing the unhealthy way that social media can affect you. I think that people are craving that authenticity. And, you know, I also encourage anyone who is listening, if you're nervous about posting a picture with acne or you're constantly finding yourself using a filter, I really love the idea. And I think that this is exactly what you do of like facing your insecurity head on. You know, for me, for a while, it was when I had those Instagram accounts that were being made about me, one of the things that people love to say, or that that person who was making the Instagram accounts loved to say is that I had a five head. So for so long I was like taking selfies at an angle that would block my my forehead. You know, like I would I would it's cut it off.
1: So interesting because you have a completely it's normal, so normal forehead. It's so like it's what really
0: it's symmetrical, okay? It just it no, just matches my workout. face. I'm it's looking a, at it right now. Yeah, it's good right now. It has it has botox in it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. No, but I and again, I think that it was Ryan has been just like the healthiest person in my life. He's just encouraged me in all of the right ways that I've needed, but yeah. it was when we started seeing each other that I stopped taking selfies. I think we had a conversation pretty early on and we weren't even seeing each other yet. We were just friends, but we had a conversation about the way that I was taking the angles. And it's like, why are you doing that? Yeah. Like, and it it was a conscious effort for me mm-hmm. to start angling my phone, like yeah. a normal selfie with my whole face in it yeah, and not blocking off. But I can't tell you how much it changed my confidence level. I look okay the way that I am. You
1: look great the way you know.
0: Are. And another thing is, I I had a side part for the longest time, and I would use it to cover like part of my face. And last year, I got a middle part specifically with the the goal in uh, in mind of not covering my face. Yeah. But when you're facing your insecurity head on, kind of like you did when you went to this audition wearing no makeup, you're encouraging confidence within yourself. And who you are.
1: It's pretty wild. It's like, there are so many things we can't control and we let ourselves be scared of that. Yeah. When, like, I can't control the fact that I get acne. I can't control the fact that my my skin is going through things, my hormones are going through things. Like, And at the same time, if you look at the stuff you can't control and then decide to be scared of it, there's so much you're going to be scared of. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not saying I'm perfect with it. My God, like, ask my boyfriend. I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing every single day. But at the same time, if if something like my confidence is based in things I can't control, that's so unfair to myself. Yeah. And so that's that's something that I am actively working on is is being okay with like, hey, this is what my face looks like. And whether your face is looking like that too, like we're here right now, it's not permanent. Let's remind ourselves like this is not permanent. And some stuff is permanent and and learning to love things that we've been told to think are weird. That is a whole different process that we all work on and stuff like that. And it's so valuable that time we spend. But for something that's like my skin, that it's, it's I'm not gonna have acne forever. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really hope I don't, <laughs> but I, I you have to tell yourself every day, it's like, this is temporary and I'm gonna be okay. I'm not gonna die if someone sees that I- have a pimple or a huge cyst on my face that I can't control it honestly like makes me cry. It hurts to the touch. It's just something that's happening.
0: The one thing that we do have control over is the narrative oh, around yeah. this. And you know, like of ourselves. And that's why I when those Instagrams were happening, I was posting about it so I, I posted about it a lot and like mm-hmm. was just joking about it. Because I knew that taking control of the narrative and being like, ha, oh, you think I have a big Forehead, like yeah well here it is you know it's just like when you don't allow other people in society to control the way that you view yourself mm-hmm. you get to a whole new space of real love for yeah. who you are my mind keeps going back to that episode of of keeping up with the Kardashians where Kim says to Courtney that she's the least interesting to look at <laughs> and I've been having oh, a God. lot of conversations with friends recently about could you imagine if the most interesting thing about you was the way that you looked? And Instagram has definitely breeded a space in our society that we think that that's what we need to be is like, oh, the way that we look, it has to be perfect. Yeah. It has to be picture perfect on Instagram. But the reason that we've connected is because we've broken down that barrier. So for anyone who like is still living in that that headspace that you need to look a certain way and be a certain Version of yourself yeah. on social media. Just remember showing up authentically and showing your personality and being real about who you are and like unapologetic about it. You're so much cooler because of it.
1: Oh my gosh, if we all looked like gap models, like no shade to gap models, but if we all just looked like gap models, like it would be so boring. The most beautiful part is why you're different. Yeah. And I think growing up too, it, you, you're kind of learning who you are and, and what th- there are things that I do like and I enjoy and stuff like that. And it is a little, it's vulnerable. It's not that vulnerability can be scary of learning who you are and what makes you, you. But once you realize the things that you love about yourself, and then you can share that with other people, not necessarily be like, I love that I'm short, but like, <laughs> I do love that I'm short though. I'm the perfect height for my boyfriend. And that is more than enough for me. Yeah. But it's like the moment that you, you learn those things about yourself and you love them and you're open and confident sharing them, like. That is what's so interesting about you is like the things that are uniquely you. Like you have so many traits and qualities in the way you talk about things that I do not have. And so I look to you for those conversations. That's why I love having our open, deep-hearted conversations about everything because it's a different perspective that I don't have in my brain. Mm -hmm. And then I feel more empowered going into something else because even though we come at it differently sometimes— I never have thought of that. And now I'm like, OK, so I don't have to be stuck in what's in my head. Mm-hmm. Like there are other things that I can look at and I can see differently and and not always think the worst of what's going on in my mind, but see that there's beauty in something that I maybe thought was plain. That's such a wonderful thing. But I think growing up, too, it's it's very scary to see who you are. It's like a very you can't learn that from anybody else. Mm-hmm. So you're like, what's in there?
0: No, it takes a lot of self-reflection and self-reflection can be really scary like Mm. and it can be embarrassing even to recognize the things that you are doing to try and cover yourself oh yeah you know when I was called out for taking selfies that were blocking out my forehead like that was embarrassing like
1: yeah
0: to just realize that there is this insecurity within me and I think that a lot of us we don't even want to acknowledge that we're insecure about something because that That's a ding to our ego right there is to acknowledge that we're insecure in some kind of way. But when you recognize those insecurities and you allow yourself to face them head on, you're putting yourself in a space of success and a a, a space of growth.
1: I heard somewhere and kind of adapted that you go to every day you go to bed with your own head and your heart and you have to be okay with what's inside. And I think that in a lot of ways gives us permission to be courageously ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's like if I live my day to day. And at the end of that day, I lay down in my bed by myself. I lay, I sleep next to my partner, but I I'm my own person in that bed. We're not conjoined skins. I mean, we say we zip our skins together because we're just very close all the time. But it's cute. But I still am my own person and and I'm the one that's seeing my thoughts in my head and my heart and and rolling through my feelings of what happened today and what's happening tomorrow. And how did I feel about that? How do I feel about myself? And if every day I go to bed with my head and my heart and I don't like what's inside, that's really hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, so I don't want to be stuck living in a prison in my own head and spending my life, which who knows how long it's going to be, that if I'm spending every single day consciously thinking of things, thinking of what angle am I taking my photos at? Like I, a big thing I think of now, like seeing myself in films, I'm like, my nose looks so freaking weird to me. And then my boyfriend was like, yeah, but you can't spend your day thinking about that. And yeah. he's right. It's on my face. It's yeah. there forever and ever, and I'm not going to change it because I'm going to put money towards a vacation instead. But it's like, I go to bed every day thinking about the stuff that I I've done. I've said, I've, I've said to myself or I've spoken to other people and I really always want to be okay with that. So I need to lead my life that way and make my decisions like that. Because if, if that's all that's happening, like my God, I want it to be good when I play the, the playback at the end of the day. Going
0: into 2022, you set out a word for the year Mm -hmm. and You have what seems like to me, a lot of healthy practices that you have adopted to try and get yourself to this healthy headspace where you have the strength and the courage to follow your dreams, to be confident in who you are, despite the fact that you may not like the way that you look on screen. What are some of those practices that you do that you have seen help you?
1: You know, it's funny. I feel like I flow you saying I have all these healthy habits. I'm like, that's really cool. I've never thought about it. Um, Because I feel like I flow in and out of things. And sometimes I go through phases being like, I'm going to work out every single day and I feel great from doing that. And then I get sick and I'm like, oh, now I'm having a hard time getting back into working out. But yeah, um, COVID
0: knocks you on.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so hard. I like got a staph infection on my face last year, which made me very sick. If you don't catch that thing, it takes you under. I thought I was like dying. It was weird. But after that, I had a really hard time getting back into things. But anyway, but coming into this year, if I want this year to be about growing, I do need to take a second for myself and to connect with other people and not get too locked into like, this is what I want and what I'm working towards and this project or this project. Like, let's take a break and just be and be people and and cherish and celebrate that. Mm -hmm. And so I- I made FICA my word for the year, but for January, I made the word, oh, well, I decided on the word courageous because I had all these things that I wanted to secure a new representation and and also kind of get myself in a different position going into the year work-wise and things like that. And like I said earlier, I'm moving away from my steady side hustle that I've had to create more room for other things. And so- my word for January was courageous and um, so funny. I didn't even tell my boyfriend that I like, just kept it to myself. And then the other day we always like take a dry erase marker and we write notes to each other on the mirror. Cause That's sometimes sweet. our schedule is really different. And like by the time he wakes up, I'm already gone for work. And mm-hmm. when I come home and I do dinner and go to bed, he's still in the studio and comes home at like 1231 AM. So we started like writing each other notes on our mirror and dry erase markers, which my parents did growing up. They'd say like, I love you more and like things like that. And so we've been doing that. And he, mm-hmm. um, put something on there about like you're, he wrote, I don't know if I can curse, but he he put you're courageous as fuck. And I was like, how sweet That's so wild. The timing that I don't think I told him that my word for this month was to be courageous. Mm. And so to to kind of actively be reminding myself and encouraging myself to do it as I took these baby steps, like get closer towards what I wanted. At the same time, that somehow was reflected in what my boyfriend saw in me, Mm -hmm. which I truly believe he sees me as whole of a person as I've ever been seen before, because he very much similar to you guys, like encourages me to be exactly where I am, who I am and enjoy what that is. Me and
0: Ryan have been talking about a lot lately. Ryan is has been creating his own affirmations, like mm. recording them and listening to them. I love that. But he also wrote little affirmations for us and put them on the mirror yeah. for us in his in his bathroom to see every morning. Mm. There's so many things that you can do, like to remind yourself, to keep yourself in check. Yeah. Talk about how, I mean, and this is another thing where you kind of had to drop your ego and find the courage. You posted about mm-hmm. looking for a job on uh, our school, Elon has a like Elon in LA Empire uh, it's like an alumni page. Alumni Facebook page on yeah. Facebook, and you posted on it about looking for freelance work or something yeah. that you can do creatively to get yourself by during this time because you felt like you didn't have time currently working at the salon to yeah. focus on your art and your
1: passion. I kind of realized that having my day job as much as it served me for two and a half years now has given me room to take acting jobs and do my auditions at night and things like that. And it's paid my bills, even through COVID paid my bills. They were so such a great support system. I kind of got to this year and I was like, okay, so all these things I'm, I'm wanting to grow to do and I'm not yet doing, why? And kind of broke down and eventually got to a phrase my mom said to me growing up is, Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Mm-hmm. So now here I am, two and a half years later, and I've done the same job, and it's given me a lot of good stuff. But in order to grow past where I am right now, I need to change it up. I need to to do something different to to do that. And so I posted. And I was like, I'm an actor, and this is what I've been doing, and I have a lot of skills, but I I need something that's different, and this is what I'm looking for. And. I went and I got a a restaurant job, which I'm going to start. And I'm really grateful for that um, because that gives me like something at night to be doing as long as I need to be doing it. But the moment that I posted that and kind of just put it out there, I started getting like messages from random people of like, hey, you know, like, we loved working with you and and we'd love for you to come on and help us with this. Like we're kind of in the weeds and, and we need someone to do this and we think it's you. And I know you're an actor and I want you to do that and book big and never talk to me again. But in the meantime, like we could really use your help and we trust you. And like, would you be interested? And now I'm like, okay, cool. Cause working with them, they work in the creative field and that gives me room to kind of try other things and test other things while I'm working on my own stuff. But that would never have happened if I hadn't pushed myself to quit the stability that I had and be uncomfortable with, I'm going to have freaking my whole day from whenever I wake up till four forty five PM open every single day. And like, what am I going to do in that time? And, and now that I'm, I've set myself to up to make that time, the time's filling itself mm-hmm. because I've, I've made room to attract the things that I wanted to be doing.
0: The last thing that I want to talk about, mm-hmm. and this is something that a lot of actors do, is that they'll change their name for oh, yeah. their stage name. Is that mm-hmm. is, is that what it stage is? Stage name, yeah. We were talking to a friend last night who is also an actor, and he changed his last name. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned earlier that you have recently dropped your last name. Yeah. Yeah. You Do you want to talk about it?
1: Well, I mean, truthfully... There's, like, the the real reasons and then there's the funny ones. The real reasons is, like, for me, having gotten to, and I'm not even at a big place, but with social media and things like that, like, a lot of random people reach out to you. And I've gotten, like, a lot of, like, weird, creepy DMs, messages on my website, which who sends a message on a website? Mm-hmm. Like, I only do that for my therapist when I first found her otherwise I don't leave like things on like websites uh, well no I do that for my favorite blogs but <laughs> otherwise it's just like really random but so I, I kind of wanted a little space personally because I do have a big family and I do like to openly share things but I don't always want to be found but also my last name is French my last name is Pusey P-U-S-E-Y which when you spell that out to someone in the store they're like oh what's your last name and I'm like P as in Paul U-S-E-Y you hear it and they're like is that right and I'm like yeah it does look like pussy but it's not It's just." <laughs> French. Um, But I would go into rooms and I'd be like, go to present my work in an audition. And they'd be like, Rachel, uh, Rachel Pete. I'm like, yeah, it's Pusey. And so I was like, okay, the first thing you're thinking is Rachel vagina. That's not what I want to be like my first impression. Yeah. So then I like pitched my team. I was like, what are your thoughts? So like, i Turner's my middle name, which is also, I think my mom's uncle or great uncle. I think I met once before he passed, but it's a family name still, and I was like, okay, what do you think about me going by Rachel Turner? They're like, oh my god, I love it. I'm like, okay, everyone like would prefer that we don't want to say it's not Rachel Vagina. So, <laughs> I dropped it uh, end of last year, and so far it's been well received. Good.
0: Was yeah. that a conversation that you had to have with your family that you were dropping the last name
1: professionally? Um, I think like I lightly mentioned it to my mom. Yeah. Um, but truthfully, my younger sister, who's also an actor. She very quickly moved to L.A. She graduated last spring and moved out pretty quickly because I, we like kind of got her a job signed up here. And she uh, was like, yeah, I'm not keeping it. And I was like, what? I'm like, but it's our last name. She's like, yeah, but I don't want to be Beck Pusey. So she actually goes by Beck Anderson and Anderson is our oldest brother's first name. Well, mm-hmm. it's actually his middle name, but he goes by Anderson. So she just like fully took someone else's name, like not even in her own name, but she just took someone else's name. And she's pretty savage about it. She was like, yeah, I can do whatever. It's my name that I want to go by. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that is so bold and badass. And so then I was like, yeah, like I'll just do whatever. She already did it. Like I'm not the first one to do it. And so I changed it, and I my parents were like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." The only person that's really had trouble with it is my grandmother. <laughs> and I I call my GG every Thursday after work. I like that's leave sweet. work, and I talk to her on the drive home. She lives on the East Coast. And last year, my grandfather passed away. And for about a year and a half to two years before that, I was still doing the same thing every Thursday. So we've kept our Thursday dates, and um, we just like catch up and things like that. And um, she now is just getting older, and her memory is a little bit tougher, and uh, she. Almost every single week without fail, we'll be like, now now, you don't go by Rachel Pusey anymore, right? Like, (laughs) what do you—and Becca goes by something else. What's—I need to write it down in my book so I remember. I'm like, Beck Anderson, Rachel Turner. She goes, Turner, don't we know what Turner—I'm like, yes, it was in your family. And she's like, oh, yeah, like— so every single week, she's the only person that's like, why'd you do that? What is it again? I need to remember. Like, like what is she telling her friends in her book club? Like, I don't know. Um, but it's very sweet. But yeah, so far, so far, so good. Like, no one was upset about it. Thankfully, not even my parents. But I guess one day, I'm going to change my last name anyway, so... I
0: am currently, I I do a lot of freelance work and some of the work that I do is with social workers. And one of the things that I'm doing right now is putting together a video for safety on social media. Mm. And one of the things that I'm talking about is changing your name on social media so that clients can't find you. But yeah, I think that it's something that people struggle with. I know my sister, she changed her name on on Facebook so that people couldn't find her. And it was something that my parents are like, why aren't you proud of like, Your name. Like, why are you dropping that? Yeah, it's but it's such a safety thing. And like, also, there are things like having it flow off the tongue easier. That's like why my friend that I was talking to last night, he changed his because it just didn't flow right. And there was someone who had that name already. So there's just so many different things reasons and I'm it
1: sure I, Rachel Turner number seven on IMDb <laughs> oh, no. like I'm, I'm seventh on the list but no one else has a profile picture yeah and my, my agent was like well they're not famous so it's fine and I was like I will be Rachel Turner seven like I didn't have the whole male pass down the family name thing but I am Turner number seven you're gonna
0: be Rachel Turner number one one day
1: hopefully at least in my boyfriend's eyes my mom's heart <laughs> It'll be good.
0: is there anything else that you feel we didn't cover that, like any bit of wisdom or advice that you think is important for people to take from this episode?
1: I guess I would just encourage everyone to, if you're having that thing in in your gut of, I've always thought that was cool. I've always thought that was interesting, but no one around me is doing that. doesn't mean you're not supposed to be doing it. It just means you might be the first one in your area to do it. And that's really empowering for mm-hmm. yourself, but for someone else. Mm-hmm. I think- for me and, and my journey so far of growing is, is just because I don't see someone else doing it doesn't mean it shouldn't be done. I, I always want to be an example for my little siblings that they can look up and and see. I was the first kid in my family to move from the East Coast to the West Coast. No one in my family has lived this far. I had one brother that moved away for like eight months and then came back. But me doing that was really scary for myself because no one above me had done it. But now. My boyfriend reminded me last night. Now one of my younger brothers is now at culinary school in upstate New York, which is really far from my family at the same time. Mm-hmm. But he was like, you know, like whether he realizes it or you realize it, like him doing that was less scary because his older sister lives thousands of miles away and she's okay. Mm-hmm. So I think like if I could pass something on to my younger self is that if you, if I had listened to the feelings of things I wanted to do, but I was too scared to do it because no one ahead of me had done it. It's still important to be done and and I owe it to myself to at least try it. Yeah, you're going to change a lot of lives. I just want to change my own sometimes. (laughs) But everything you're doing is so empowering
0: to the people around you. And I'm very proud to watch what you are doing the way that you are helping the world become a better place. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I love this podcast. This is so fun. And now we're going to go get brunch because yes. I think all of our bellies are rumbling.
1: Yes, it's it's time to eat out in L.A. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Bye.